Hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Line Tennis Podcast, episode number eight. I'm Jack, and my co-host today is Damien Kust. Hi, Damien. How are you doing? Hey, uh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm always happy to help out uh, a fellow Last Word on Tennis writer. So, you know. Yes, Damien writes for the same publication as I do, Last Word on Tennis, and uh, the same as uh, Gav as well. Um, so he's very well versed in the tennis world. He's got a lot of knowledge. Specifically, uh, Damien ha- is quite is quite good on his lower ranked players. I don't, that's not your it, it, it's not your specialty exactly, Damien. I know you've got a lot of uh, tennis knowledge, but um, you were at a challenger this weekend, were you? Was it a challenger? Yep. Uh, uh, I yeah. would actually say that it is my specialty. I mean, okay. As, yeah, yeah. Since like I don't know, two, a year and a half, that's been the the focus of my work in tennis. So, so mm-hmm. I would say that is a bit of a specialty. Although I, you know, don't want to be typecasted, and I, yeah. I definitely keep up with the other stuff. But yes, I was uh, in Warsaw at the challenger. We we have three uh, challengers this year in Poland: uh, Poznan, Warsaw, mm-hmm. and Szczecin. Szczecin is still. Uh, you know, it's going to be like in like three weeks, but uh, I've been mm-hmm. to both of them and also going to Szczecin. So you know, it's a it's a fun summer. Cool. Uh, uh, are you going to be going to that last Challenger tournament? Yep. Or? Yep. Yeah. Cool. What's Who's the highest ranked player there? Uh, actually, Pablo Andujar, I think. Uh, oh, really? All right. It, yeah, this this is a very good field because it's, it's the week after the US Open and there's like mm-hmm. nothing on the main tour in that, in that, in that week. It, usually it, it collided with Davis Cup. But because mm-hmm. of the reforms right now, uh, you know, the, the field is going to be even better. There's like six top 100 players. Uh, I think yeah. it's Andujar, Pedro Martinez, um, Tiago Monteiro, uh, mm-hmm. Marco Cecchinato, Roberto Carvajal Baena, and I think Stefan Dravalia, but I'm not sure on the last one. That's good. That's a proper good draw. It's a, that's not the same time as the Lever Cup, is it? It's the week after uh, the, the Labor Cup is the week after that challenger. But the you know the the week after the US Open, there is no main tour mm-hmm. events. So that's why the the challenger tour is, is going to get a lot of good players in that week. There's right. actually five five events, but uh, Szczecin is going to be the, the biggest one. Right, that makes sense. So Damien, with his expertise on uh, lower ranked players, might be able to tell us a bit more about the qualifiers in uh, the US Open. How much of the um, Cincinnati Masters did you see, Damien? Did you? I mean, uh, Cincinnati was was still you know the week before. Like the, even this week, I got I got to watch a lot of main tour tennis because you know mm-hmm. the challengers are in Europe right now. Uh, so so you know it's just the challengers in the in the morning and then main tour events in the in the afternoon. So actually, of Cincinnati, I I got to watch quite a bit. Wow! So you were watching tennis all day. Uh, most that's of the, the days, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, that's how my life looks right now. Nice. And, I mean, it's fun, but sometimes draining. Honestly, sometimes. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just have to, you know, even though there's still tennis going, I just have to close everything and just. You have to relax, take a wee. Yeah, you know? yeah. You have to take a wee break. I'm the same, but then I also think this is amazing. Getting to watch tennis is part of my uh, job, so I don't. You know, it's not. <laughs> it's not that bad in the end. But I know yeah. what you mean. You watch too many, and sometimes you're like glazing over by the end. Um. It was a good tournament, though. I don't think it was quite as good as Toronto, in my opinion. I thought Toronto was a bit more exciting, um, a bit more going on. Um, some of the matches may be a bit more exciting in Toronto as well. But I think the first one we'll talk about, probably the highlight of the tournament, was Sitsipas versus Zverev in the semi-final. Zverev came out on top there in a match tie-break. After Sitsipas had led, did Sitsipas lead a double break? Was that right? Yeah, 4-1. It was it. 
it was a double break, yeah, four one. And I think he served for the match too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one yeah. one time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's a recurring problem for Sitspass this year. I don't want to bang on about it too much, but at the same time there's been matches where he's been in a winning position, important matches, and he's ended up losing them. So Apelka in Toronto is one example. Djokovic at the French after leading two sets to, to none. Djokovic in Rome, he hundred percent should have won that match. Nadal in Barcelona, arguable again because he had the match point. So these are all finals almost, um, or at least two of them are finals. And had he won those matches, you know, he'd be looking like close to the best player in the world at the moment. So I don't know, Damien, am I looking into it too much? Do you think that's a pass? He's not flake, what I would call flaky. Um, he's not a, you know, he's, he's mentally strong, I would say that much. But at the same time, it's becoming a bit of a pattern and. I don't know if there's more to it than meets the eye. I think, Not sure. I think there might be. I mean, even if you know, we're going into the US Open and even last year, that, that third round against Chorich, that was pretty much the oh, same. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, good point. Jesus, that was even worse, wasn't it? As if to prove my point. Thanks, Damien. Six Did match he have points, I think. Six, yeah, six match yeah. points. So he, he's even got a history in in the US Open as well. Hopefully um, he's feeling flaky in the first round and uh, he, he doesn't convert any match points against Andy Murray. We'll see what happens. I'm good. I think that's clutching at straws though, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll I mean, see. It's hard to say what he really could have done better in this Zverev <laughs> match. You know, just, just serve it out. I know. I mean, Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only thing yeah. he needs. And Yeah. It's a, exactly. It's a tiny, tiny bit extra in some department. You know, I keep going on about his return being bad but actually i think that's an over exaggeration nowadays it's not as bad as it used to be he's definitely got the potential to see matches out without too many hitches but he still man i don't know he still manages to make it complicated for himself um for that for because of those sort of matches i don't see him winning the us um the i think you get to... should be better for him right than in since yeah the slower it is, the the return yeah, yeah. doesn't the more, you know, isn't isn't such a liability anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he's got more time to to wind it up. And when he was returning in, um, in the clay season, he was he was amazing. Um, yeah, because in the clay season he was like able to return almost everything from his forehand. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Just standing yeah, yeah. three meters back and uh, yeah, yeah, he, ran, he ran around absolutely everything. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but. I yeah, I just I I think he's he's not he's not looking anywhere near as sharp as Zverev in my opinion. Yep. I, even though that match was close, I I, I kind of didn't surprise me that Zverev came out on top. I, I I shouldn't be jumping ahead to the US yet, to be honest, <laughs> Damien. I just wanted to cover Sitsipasa Cincinnati briefly. Um, I'll cover Zverev's match as well in the final against Andrei Rublev, and he beat him emphatically six two six three or yeah six two six three I think six two six three yeah. When Zverev's playing like that. I don't know if it's uh, too much to say he looks unplayable. Um, do you agree with that, Damon? Do you think he does look unplayable? Or do you think there's ways round his like all-out, best-of-free format, just super high-level game? I don't like saying that, 
but Zverev might be one of my favorite players to watch at the moment. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. You got to take that with a pinch of salt. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I, almost feel gu- I almost feel guilty for enjoying his game sometimes, but I did like it in the Olympics. Exactly, to be fair. but he was amazing in the Olympics, and I, yeah. I didn't even think that that first set against Djokovic was that lopsided, like you know, six-one, mm. but. In that whole match, Djokovic lost at least two service points in all his games. Like yeah. it, it, it was really close from the get-go. Just just a matter of, of you know playing some of the big points, big points better. Uh, but but in, uh, I mean I I love watching Zverev right now, especially when he plays so aggressively as know, in, yeah, as yeah. at the Olympics and in Cincy. Yeah, I mean since he, since you definitely gave him a chance to do that because of the fast surface, but but Tokyo is probably gonna be. Right about New York in terms of conditions. So yeah, yeah. If not for all the mess in his personal life, I, I'd argue that he's the best-looking player at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I I still think at the same time, best of five doesn't suit that sort of all-out aggressive game. And I could see if he came up against Djokovic in the semis. I don't think Djokovic would pass up the opportunity to beat him. Um, I, I just think it's too much to sustain I, I, we haven't seen him sustain that sort of level over a best of five match yet I would argue because against top players he still loses I think he's what zero for eight maybe in best yeah. of five matches against um, top ten players yeah, so you're kind of right because you know even the, the final of the US Open last year he sustained it for two sets and a half and yeah, then, yeah. then it all went away and exactly. it's been like that yeah I, I can see what you mean although like I also some saw some people arguing that physically best of five is gonna be very tough for him, which I don't really think yeah, is I don't, the case. He's like, fair. He is fair. He's super fit. Yeah, uh, he, he he's definitely one of the strongest physically on the tour. You know, the, the huge physicality, mm-hmm. but fantastic movement. So I, I don't know if that's the case, but you're right that we haven't really seen him. You know, we've seen fantastic best of three matches from him. He's won mm-hmm. a few Masters thousand events, but for example, I don't know. The, the the indoor matches against Nadal, where he was playing very aggressively, and yeah, you're yeah. right that there hasn't really been a best of five match like that. Even when he was the runner-up at the U.S. Open, I remember most of the matches on the way to, <laughs> the, to the final was actually him, you know, p- pushing sort of and playing, you know, yeah, being yeah. that def- defensive version of himself that yeah, isn't the, really to my liking. Yeah, the PCB match in the yeah. semis that was a, a bit of a train wreck. Charge yeah, as well in the quarters. Yeah. 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 So it was that got really sticky, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. And I mean, maybe we'll get proved wrong, but okay. Yeah. If I was going to stick to Cincinnati, at least though, I, I would say I was impressed with it. And over best of three, he looks like the best player in the world. Um, at the same time, the other thing I was going to add, Andrew Rublev has underperformed on second serve throughout the year and he continued to underperform against Zverev and his, his serve looks useless against him. So against lower ranked players, I think he gets away with it. Um, against top 10 players this year, his second serve points one is about 41%. Um, and it's normally about 53%. So you're talking a drop off of about 12% against players who can actually hit a good return. Basically, against Zverev, it was twelve and a half percent. It's quite hard to put that into context for people who aren't super, you know, used to stats. But twelve and a half, obviously, the twelve and a half percent is one in eight second serve points. That's absolutely useless. It's never ever going to win you a match. So, I've I've also got I've got a few other stats as well. Just briefly, Damien, uh, second serve speed 
average for this year. In the top 10, Rublev's is the lowest at 89 miles an hour, even lower than... I know Nadal obviously has got technically one of the best second serves of all time, but his is the second slowest because he tends to put a lot of kick on it rather I mean, than I think trying to flat it out. important to differentiate the you know the statistic of second serve points one yeah. to actually having a good second serve mm-hmm. because in the case of That's Nadal yeah, yeah. The, the fact that he is so high on the list is not exactly you know at least to me like it's the same with return retain points one it's not mm-hmm. you know Nadal has you know very similar to Djokovic but Djokovic is definitely by far the better returner just yeah, Nadal yeah. just wins more return points because you know in the in the rallies he he defends better yeah and yeah exactly in the case of Rublev it actually makes sense because I mean he just rolls it in as you, as you said the speed isn't great. Yeah, exactly. It's still not yeah. very like killing these returns, but I, no, I think no. it's also about you know the fact that he simply wins a lot less neutral rallies against guys like Medvedev, against guys like Zverev, against whom he yeah. you know these guys he has a f- terrible head to head record against, and I, I I just I just think that he really just can't can't you know if he starts the rallies from neutral he's not gonna win that much and it's not like after this second serve he's gonna have any sort of advantage it is yeah, a, yeah, it is exactly. an important part of his game that he needs to improve definitely especially for these yeah. for these top opponents yeah yeah um it's a, a good point actually um defining that though second serve speed isn't necessarily indicative of a good second serve um certainly Zverev for the first half of the year probably was winning quite a low percentage of second serve points, but obviously it was because his double fault percentage sits at about 8% for the year. So, And his, his uh, second serve is the second fastest in the top 10. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily tell you much about the the player's serve, but in this case, yeah, he does roll it in. And I think that's why it's relevant. It really does. I think it was like 80 miles an hour against Sverev, and he gets away with it against other players. But he won't continue to get away with it if he wants to start going further in the most important tournaments, 100%. Um, yeah, that was kind of the main stuff that happened in the main side of the draw in Cincinnati. Uh, certainly, the, apart from Esverev kicking a camera, um, there wasn't really much else. Esverev, sorry, Medvedev, Medvedev even kicking a camera. There wasn't much else that happened. Uh, on the women's side, Barty won. Ash Barty won against, I got this, it's Jill Teichman, wasn't it? Was Jill yep. Teichman? Yeah. Um, some of her matches were just so easy for her. It was ridiculous. The Azarenka match was love and two. The Teichman match was one and three, I think, or three and one. Three and one. Yeah, and uh, Krejcikova two and four against a good player like Krejcikova. It's pretty impressive, even if uh, she's maybe arguably worst on hard court, but still. The Kerber match in particular, I'd just like to cover that a bit because that was so impressive. Angelique Kerber looks like such a good player again. She was playing better than Ash Barty from the baseline for the majority of the match. She ended up winning more points in a rally, actually. So um, outside of the serve and return, she won more points that went to a rally than Barty because Barty's slice just gets destroyed by Kerber. Obviously, Kerber gets super low in the court, able to uh, like get the, the slice up and down really easily. However, she was just serving so well, it didn't matter. Like, two and five in the end, and it easily could have... It, if you watched the match, or the rallies in isolation, you'd think Kerber w- was winning the match, but somehow just second serves as well, winning three points off the second serve. It's just like when she's playing badly, she still has a sort of base level that is just beats pretty much 90% of the the players 
on on tour at the moment. Maybe even more than ninety percent. Maybe everybody. I don't see her getting beat at the US now, Damien, To be honest, but I could be wrong. Um, did you see any of our our matches in Cincinnati? Yeah, I saw the one against Azarenka because I was hoping for a classic. I I thought Azarenka yeah, yeah. was playing really well. And Same. Then, then obviously it was a disappointment. But uh, mm. I I definitely agree that the the serve is a big factor of how good Barty has been. I would mm. probably argue that on hard courts right now, Barty and Osaka are the best serving ladies yeah. on the tour and it's no wonder that they're actually the the favorites for the US Open yeah you know because because it's simply such a big advantage especially when you're as you're saying I didn't watch the the semi against Kerber but I'm gonna I'm gonna believe you that Kerber was was better in rallies <laughs> she so, was honestly yeah, she really was especially when this happens <laughs> the just getting three points from your serve and sort of getting through that uh, these service games is is such of such help and Barty mm. has been incredible this year and this tournament was a fantastic display of strength because the mm-hmm. you know Azarenka Krejcikova Kerber these are all like I don't know top 15 contenders for the US Open or something like that yeah yeah easily yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so Both, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised at any of them winning this so you know yeah. it's a, it's a huge win especially because of that because of the the quality of the opposition was so great yeah and obviously you know three slam champions in there uh the, the match against heather watson was a little bit scrappy but i'll let her off because i mean it was another straight sets victory it's like even when she's playing her worst tennis so i'm saying she still manages to find a way at the moment it's uh very impressive and i'm looking forward to her us open run um with bated breath we'll see what happens the other thing i was going to talk about in the cincinnati draw was pliskova and her loss to jill teichman in the semis i rate pliskova's game at the moment i think it's good but she just seems to unlike barty her worst days are, are really bad i think and I, I think she needs, maybe that's too harsh, Damien, I don't know. Uh, she, I mean, she is, she's a good player and she's one of the best players on the planet at the moment, actually. She turned around uh, the, a pretty poor start of the season into something that has been really impressive. But she's also loved free in finals. She's making surprising losses to people like Teichman. In fairness, you know, obviously Teichman was playing well. Um, but then Barry showed why, you know, she's number one in the world and, just ripped her to shreds in the final. I don't know if that was nerves, maybe on Teichman's part, um, more than Barty just playing a good tournament, and maybe I'm being too harsh to Pliskova, but I don't fancy her chances at the US, to be honest. From Wimbledon onwards, she's been really, really good, but you know, posting mm-hmm. a solid result after another. But yeah. as you said, it's not really title winning. So yeah. you know, to expect her to play like play her best for seven matches in a row is probably a bit too much. It seemed to be at Wimbledon as well, but then I mean, she she almost done it. Uh, at least she got over Pegula finally. So. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. Jesus, it's that one for four, that one yeah. four, I think, for the year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching her. Um, we were sort of saying that last week. She's not. I don't think people actually call her a serve bot, if, but if there was going to be an argument for a serve bot on the ladies' side, it would be her, but it's totally not the case. She's um, She's got a lot of layers to her game. She's she's playing very good attacking tennis, returning and serving at the moment. Um, I can't remember who she's drawn against, to be honest. We might get on to that, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I think I see, I, I'm expecting about semis for Pliskova, just, you know, reflective of her ranking, but we'll we'll see what happens. It was it was still quite entertaining to watch her again. Um, I think the ladies' side was more exciting than the men's, to be honest. 
Right, just moving on from the Cincinnati Masters, that's pretty much all we need to talk about there. A few of the other smaller tournaments that have happened in the last week. We had the Winston-Salem 250 on the men's side. Ilya Vashka ended up winning it. Ilya Vashka has been up to a little bit this year. He's not, I don't think he's won a title yet. I think that's his first title. And yep. it's maybe been a while coming because he's he's had a lot of impressive matches some he's lost some he's won but matches he's lost against people like uh, Nadal and, and Federer and uh, he didn't beat Federer did he I can't even remember. no 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 7-5 no, 7-6 or the other way around yeah yeah it was something like that the other way um, around 7-6 seven, 7-5 seven, yeah um and he just it looks like when he's you know he's got a another gear to his game that some players can't find like um when he's hitting the ball as hard as he can he looks very very difficult to beat obviously that's you know, maybe he can't do that every week, but to post two results in a row against fairly decent players, you know, where he's not losing any more than three games in the match, I was super impressed by that, especially, is it his first final, Damien, do you know, or I'm not 100% yep, sure? Yeah, it was, it was his it first was his, final, yeah. It was first final, yeah, yeah, just Actually, zero it was, nerves. Uh, besides Alcaraz, all the other semi-finalists, you know, it, it would have been their first final, so. Oh, really? A, all right. a really good tournament for the next gen there. Even though yeah, Yashka yeah. is hardly next gen at this point, but I mean I he's know, 27, yeah, yeah. but like 25 is the new 20 in tennis recently. So I know, yeah. like you know, he still feels like a youngster. Yeah, yeah. Even he, though he, he yeah. kind of you know broke through very late for 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 the usual standards, but Emer Rusevori and and Alcaraz are definitely among the youngest players on the tour. Uh, so yeah, super impressed by that. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to be getting to the quarters of a slam anytime soon or anything like that, but who knows, you know, he might have, his his top level is pretty good. So who knows what will happen. I am, the other thing I'm going to have to cover, I'm afraid, Damien, I'm sorry, just for our no, British no, fans out there. No just worries. Briefly talk about Andy's, Andy Murray's match in uh, Winston-Salem. He said after his match against TFO, which he lost... Seven six six three, he said his levels around fifty or sixty in the world. So he was moving very well. He was, uh, he didn't his serve didn't look bad at all. It was a good serve. He um was just terrible at returning second serves, and TFO ended up winning about eighty percent of his second serve points. He he couldn't do anything with it. I don't know. He wasn't even putting it in the court. Sometimes he had three set points in the first set, and one of them was a backhand return. You'd expect him to make every day of the week, basically. But he uh, fluffed that. He was. He seemed pretty angry with himself at the end of the the uh, match. And given how bad he was there, Damien, he's healthy. But I think um, I wasn't. I wasn't enthused by that match at all. I thought. He's if he shows up like that at the US, he's gonna get destroyed by sets of pass. It's got nothing to do with health. I suppose that's a positive, but oh my god, he just looked so rusty. Um, I'd expect three, three and three or something like that if he plays like that against sets of pass. Did you see any of that match, Damien? Yeah, a bit. Or... I mean, I hadn't heard the quote that you said, but I think this is fairly accurate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, him, yeah, I mean that that uh, a top fifty six eleven is probably is probably what he has right now. I mean he's mm-hmm. lost to what Tiafoe and Hurkacz in the last two weeks, and these were both very fairly close matches. Even though mm-hmm. the standard on honestly in the Hurkacz match wasn't great as well to me. Yeah, I saw a lot of Mare fans arguing that you know that it was vintage and and all, but I think they're overreacting there. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah. Just getting overexcited. They're getting overexcited, I, I think. think. Both Hurkacz and, and Murray, outside of a few rallies, were, were honestly pretty bad in that one. I think I think Hurkacz said he was a bit nervy afterwards, um, which maybe accounts for some of the, the pretty poor play. Uh, and it, it was the same with TFO, Damien. I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, served well, but... As yeah, as I said, like you can't be you can't be losing eighty percent of your second serve return points or whatever it was against anybody on on tour. Really, like you can't get away with it. So yeah, I think he's right, and I'm not expecting much from the US. Yeah, I'm but, not even that excited for the Marites the Tipas match. I mean, I know that the names yeah. are great and all, but I hope it's not gonna be as as dominant as Shapovalov. Yeah, it could, exa- exactly. It could be quite anticlimactic. I kind of don't see it being this way. Like, uh, I don't know. I just don't believe in Tsitsipas right now. I just I sp- don't believe that, oh. that he can, you know, just destroy him like that. But, I don't know, uh, a fairly close straight sets victory, maybe? I think it mm-hmm. would be a result that, you know, that, that Mari fans wouldn't really be, you know, wouldn't really have to be angry about it at all. Like that, yeah, yeah, that's what you can know. expect at this point. It's just an unfortunate draw. If he plays a lot more events, then he's gonna get better ones. Yeah, unless the draw ex- the draw is rigged. But I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, how is he getting through that match realistically, having not played that you know X amount of matches over the past few months? I hundred percent agree. He's gonna be way too rusty for a set of pass. I'm going to watch it though, Damien, and it's going to be rubbish. So <laughs> I'm still going to try and enjoy it in some respect, whatever happens. But yeah, I'm not expecting much. Um, yeah. However, yeah, I mean, and it would have been bloody good as well, speaking about Winston Salem, if he'd got through, because there's, I mean, obviously no match is easy, but yeah, the draw opened up to say the least. Um, so he would have had a good chance had he got through TFO because that, that would have been his probably his highest ranked opponent, I think, which is saying something. Maybe Bar, uh, if, no, no, that would have been his highest ranked opponent, I think. So anyway, yeah, he's playing okay. Fingers crossed it's not a total anticlimax when he plays sets of pass. Moving on to a few of the women's tournaments, a couple of 250s. There was one called tennis in the land a terrible name for a tournament i don't know what it means <laughs> so i didn't really i didn't really look into the name of it i don't know why it's called that i mean uh, cleveland is but... is often called the land that's why oh is it okay well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pun pretty much right okay so it's just a uh, ignorance for me then it's not i i thought it was a sponsor or something honestly no no, no it, it wasn't cleveland and and apparently cleveland is often called like that uh i mean I don't think it's that terrible. I have no, really maybe it's seen a, a, a name, uh, you know, a <laughs> tournament name that was a pun before. But I don't. Maybe yeah, yeah. it sets the new standard. I, don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was a bit clumsy sounding, but yeah, if it's a pun, you know, I'm a fan of puns. Whatever, that's it's a good name then. That t- weirdly named tournament was won by Annette Contevi. The draw wasn't super strong. I didn't see any of the matches. To be fair, Damien, I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't know. If you did yourself, but um, I I just know the rank of our players wasn't particularly high. I watched a few of Magdalenette's matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the quarters against Kasatkina was actually an incredible performance from her. Okay, from yeah. from May she uh, you know back in May she got a new coach who David Zelt who's Agnieszka Alwańska's husband and Polish oh, really? Billy Jean Billy Jean King cap captain. Yeah. And she's been doing a lot better since then. I mean, the, 
there are some matches where she just doesn't play her best at all and she doesn't have that ability as Barty to to, to win. So yeah, yeah. the same is against Begu, for example, or I don't know, against Jaber at, at Roland Garros where she lost like 12 games in a row or, or 11, I can't remember. But right. I, I'm, I'm really hopeful... Well, I was really hopeful that she could do well at the US Open, but maybe we're going to talk about the, the terrible draw that she has later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can uh, talk but about that was that, yeah. pretty much all I, I've seen from this event. Also, right, fair enough. I did just I, I didn't realize Contefita beat Suri Bestormo. I rate Suri Bestormo. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's a good win. Fair enough. Definitely. Um, but yeah, having not seen the final, I won't dwell on that too much. I don't think Contefita's a dark horse at the US Open, despite the win, is all I'd say. Um, but you know, impressive win for her nonetheless. Uh, the other tournament, Chicago, was won by Svitolina. Um, Svitolina back to playing. Pretty good tennis, I would say. Uh, the records I had for uh, Damien earlier, a very odd one. As soon as she gets through a semi-final, she's got an amazing record. So she's 19-23 to 23 in career semi-finals and 16-3 in career finals. So I don't know why she has such a problem with that second last round. I don't know if it's got anything to do with the, the round itself or if it's just the calibre of opponent, but she seems to step up for the final. So under 50% in career semi-finals and like close to 80% in career finals. Um, I don't know if it's because she puts everything into her finals almost and in the semi she knows she's got one more event. Certainly physicality, I think, has been, I don't know if that's too harsh, um, physicality and mentality have been a problem for Svitolina in uh, matches. She seems to go away sometimes and other times she just looks nervy from a winning position. Uh, maybe she's just been unlucky in some of the semi-finals. I honestly, I'm not sure. But it's good to see her playing good tennis. I don't know if it's got anything to do with her marriage recently, obviously. Um, but she's playing well, and actually, I wouldn't write her off. I've been writing her off at the start of pretty much every slam she's played, and I don't really feel the same way after that 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 uh, performance because she was convincing in every match she played almost. So. So the, the finals record is like so impressive. I'm really, mm-hmm. you know, just just thinking of Svitolina differently right now because all, I know. the only opponents she <laughs> lost to in that 19, in these 19 finals are Radvanska, Kvitova, and Barty. And uh, I mean, whenever she plays a lower ranked opponent in the final, she basically wins it. But there's been mm-hmm. a few like Kalin Wozniacki, Simona Halep again, again Wozniacki. I mean, it's not like she's only you know she's only playing the, the lower mm-hmm. ranked girls. So. I don't know. I'm I'm not once again not really looking at her as a favorite for Slam, as you said. Uh, you know, mm. I, I was also discounting her from like yeah. everything because she yeah. she still hasn't progressed past that uh, semifinal stage, and she has these these mental issues in Slams. But you know, she she's always there, like you know, sort of like Karina Pliskova, except Pliskova obviously had the finals. But the, mm. they they are always there. We sometimes forget about them. But if you know, if everything comes together for a week. For for a fortnight actually, and if if some of the top players you know get out of the tournament er- earlier than usual, then Svitolina <laughs> mm-hmm. and Pliskova are definitely good enough to to yeah. take advantage. Big ifs, definitely, Damien. <laughs> but who knows? It could happen. I think she would be scheduled to play. I might be wrong. Possibly Rebecca Marino. Ke- ah, sorry. Yeah, ah, I thought you were talking about the first round. No, no, I meant uh, the, the quarters. I meant um. I think it might have been Asaka or Kerber. Asaka or Kerber, yep. either of those players, I don't think she'd beat. But, you know, if she gets to the quarters, I think that would be a win for her, to be honest. So, um, 
yeah, we'll see what happens. I was impressed by this week, so she could play quite well. Certainly, I'm more uh, interested in her chances. But yeah, she's not a favourite, I agree with you, Damien. Should we move on to the US Open? Uh, talk a bit about the draw preview. Um, we've got a few things to cover. Withdrawals and um, our picks for the champions, dark horses, early exits, a bit on the qualifiers and a bit on the wild cards. I'll just quickly start with who's uh, withdrawn from the tournament. We're missing a few names this year. And uh, for the first time in 24 years, I don't know if you saw this, Damien, but we're... Uh, yeah, going... I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, Federer, Nadal and Serena Williams are all out of a, a slam uh, for the first time since 1997, I think. Yeah, that I think it's 25 years. if you add Venus to that. Is it? Oh my God. Yeah, so yeah, Venus is also she was, it. she was the runner-up in 1997, I think. All right. Oh, really? Wow. So yeah, also Venus Williams. We've also got Dominic Team, Stan Wawrinka, Milos Ranic, Borna Choric, Alias Bedene, Kyle Edmund, Sofia Kennan. Laura Siegmund, Kang Wang, uh, Zeng, Lin Zhu, Patricia Maria Tig, and Kirsten Flipkins out of the tournament. So plenty of big names out. Uh, in particular, I think Dominic Team is a shame to be missing, obviously, as the uh, defending champion or would-be defending champion. Shall we talk about our picks first? Damien, do you want to talk about the qualifiers and stuff first? Uh I don't know. That doesn't mean uh, maybe it's gonna be better to talk about the qualifiers and wildcards first, and I guess yeah. and then go to the final yeah, weeks, sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good idea. We can we can finish with that. So we'll start with. I was gonna run through a few of the wild cards. Um, if if you've got anything to to add to these, Damien, feel free. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few of the the people who got a wild card into the draw, Jensen Brooksby and Brandon Nakashima, both were ranked high enough but they were awarded wild cards obviously they've been playing more than good enough tennis this year in Akashima having made two finals one final two finals I remember now Damon uh, one final and Atlanta right or, or not that's it yeah yeah that, that was Nari it and against Isner yeah that's it and uh, Nakashima plays Isner again actually interestingly enough so an Atlanta final rematch in the first round Brooksby plays Michael Imer Imer um He's been obviously he's been playing brilliant tennis. Won a bunch of challenges at the start of the year. Went like twenty five and one or something like that. I can't remember what it was in the challenger tour. Um, and he got to the final of Newport. And he, what else did he do? I can't remember off the top of my head now. But yeah, he's putting a lot of good performances anyway. He hundred percent deserves to be there. Another really interesting one, Emilio Nava, former. Australian Open and US junior finalist. Interestingly, we'll play Lorenzo Musetti in the first yeah. round. So I think this is the first time that two former slam finalists, junior slam finalists, have played in a slam since Songa and Baghdatis, I think, about oh, four years ago. interesting. Yeah, that, five that years ago. was the US as well? Or, or it's yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, that was the US but, 2003. You know, for, for Songa and Baghdatis, it was like, you know, a huge, uh, a huge difference in years between the, the you know, the, yeah, the junior yeah, Grand Slam final and this. And, and Musetti yeah, yeah. and, and it, Nava, it's been just, just two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting as well. Songa and Baghdatis ended up playing twice uh, in, this, in the same year. So that matchup happened two times in the same year, having very rarely happened. Emilio Nava, I've not really seen him do much since that slam final, actually. 
he won a Futures title earlier in the year in Lan Nusia. Apart from that, though, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't think he's... He's he's quite high-ranked. I think he's in the top 300, but... Yeah, I don't know how he's that high-ranked, no, I mean, to be I, honest. I, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's a bit of a weird wildcard to me. Like, the, there yeah. are so many good American players who are in the qualies. Uh, mm-hmm. Navas definitely yeah, not yeah. In, the, in the top 300, by the way. Like, he's... Is he not? Sorry. You know, like, 380 or something. That makes more sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm just baffled that you know that so many guys who won challengers this year, like for example, Mitchell Kruger could have gotten this, or I mm-hmm. don't know, Maxim Cressy qualified, and he's always you know in in with a shout just you know around one fifty yeah, yeah. one fifty ish and and not getting there. Chris Eubanks also won a challenger and actually ended up qualifying, but I mean Nava is 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 just really baffling to me. By the way, mm-hmm. as a as a fun fact, he's a cousin of Escobedo, so actually two cousins. Is he? Yeah, two cousins <laughs> good, good wild cards. He also has the Mexican uh, heritage. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I I yeah, good point. Because I, I I thought my hunch was correct there. I really hadn't seen him do much. I've certainly fallen off the face of the earth since that final, so yeah, he's actually yeah. better than most Americans on clay. Uh, mm. Made a few, you know, had a few solid matches early earlier in the season uh, at challengers on clay, like Gran Canaria, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. The the ITF you mentioned was also uh, was also on clay, wasn't it? Like where, where was no, it? No, I don't. I, I don't know. To be fair, Damien, I didn't it see again? any of the tournament. Lanusia, Lanusia, Lanusia. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> where he won. <laughs> anyhow, uh, anyhow, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird wild card to me. Obviously, Brooksby yeah. and Nakashima make total sense. They they had you know the rankings were high enough to get into the main draw at at the time where the U.S. Open is yeah. starting, but not at the time you know where the where the where the U.S. Open entry list was made. But they they definitely deserve that. Well, you know, Jack Sock is always you know, entertainment value, so I am also yeah, yeah. I am also pleased exactly. for, for you know for that wild card, and mm. obviously you know in the, in the case of Spider and Reefis, they 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 won it because they won certain events. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was about to get onto them. Don't worry, Damien. Oh, um, you oh, okay. Just, just, Sorry, you yeah. actually haven't talked about them yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, 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 I'm sure. You, obviously, you know who uh, Rufus and uh, Spider are, but I I doubt a lot of people listening do. Um, I was just gonna say, yeah, you were right. The the ITF tournament was in Spain. It yeah, it was tournament. in Spain because it was around yeah. the same time where he played where he played the challengers in Gran Canaria. Yeah, right there you go. Yeah, so you know maybe I, I, I might end up tuning into that match anyway. Um, the the Australian Open final mm-hmm. was amazing actually. It was a really good match. So yeah, it was like really also, tight, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. I'm sure I'm sure he saved a match point in the match. Tiebreak, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's much tiebreak 12 10 or no 14 mm. 14 12. Be, I think it was more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14 12 for Musetti. So, an incredible final. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully that's as good a match. Yeah, it, you were talking about Jack Sockler. Jack Sock's got a wild card as well. I think that's fair enough. You know, obviously, Jack Sock kind of speaks for himself the results he's had, and he also won a challenger title this year. So, it's yep. not like you know, he's kind of getting back into form. Uh, he kind of deserves to be there. Playing Nishioka in the first round, you'll have a chance there, 100%. Nishioka's a good player, but um, Jack Sox more than got the firepower to to get through him. We've also got uh, Emilio Nava's cousin, Ernesto Escobedo, uh, number 179 in the world. He's made a few deep runs at a few events this year, but again, yeah, they've picked other people over Escobedo, but... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked Escobedo, even though I really like his potential. It just hasn't been a a great year for him 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I can't really you know, say that it's it's not a talented guy or, or that he doesn't have the, the ability to win matches at this event, but he yeah. also wouldn't really have been my pick, I guess. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, he plays Cuevas in the first round. I think Cuevas will win that pretty easily. Cuevas is in... I don't know, need, need, really? Not, e- not easily, but uh, he's in need of a few wins. So I think if you know if he was going to take an opportunity, it would be this one. Do you think he's going to lose? I mean, I think it's very close. Like Cuevas yeah. has been doing... I mean, off clay, he's been doing quite poorly. And recently, even on clay, he's, he's mm-hmm. on like a four-match win streak or something like that. Uh, much? Lo- losing streak, uh, or losing losing streak? streak. Yeah, losing streak. Yeah, yeah, losing streak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't played in a month, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Oh, jeez. Escobedo okay. might be a favorite there for me. I just think he, he, Cuevas has always struck me as a proper vet of the game, and it's like anybody plays outside the top hundred. I, I don't know if this is statistically correct, but I feel mm. like he, he's quite comfortable against players lower ranked than him, even though he's like eighty or so. I don't know what ranking is at the moment, eighty or something in the world, maybe barely outside of the top hundred right now. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick with my my gut feeling, Damien. But you could be right. No, Escobedo no, I, might, might I would definitely go for Escobedo there on second thought. Okay. The okay. more I think Fair about enough. it, the more I I think that Escobedo should should. <laughs> it's a great chance for him, really. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It would be it'd be remiss to pass that opportunity up, definitely. So uh, we've also got you mentioned his name there, Sam Riffis, who won the. NCAA tournament is that what it's called yep. NCAA yeah he's like obviously very he'll end up being one of the lowest ranked players in the draw 690 I think in the world yeah 690 he I don't know anybody he's beaten off the top of my head Damien have you got any idea I mean for example in the in the final of the of the NCAA championships he defeated yeah. Daniel Rodriguez but that that, that, mm-hmm. that that I know, but uh, okay. after that he also received a wild card for a challenger in carry, and uh, he defeated. Mm-hmm. Let me think, uh, Tatsumaito, I think, and played a pretty solid right. match against Gunas Varan. But I'm not super excited about his potential yet. No, he also played in Orlando, and he like made made the semis even there. Uh, okay, so he I can't remember who he defeated, but definitely lost to uh, lost to Chris Eubanks. And it right. was a pretty good match, but I'm just not that excited about Griffiths because he doesn't really have the weapons to me. Like he he has a very solid game, but I I'm not really expecting him to you know be a world beater anytime soon because yeah. in it's pretty clear that in terms of well relative youngsters because he's 22, but but still still young guys the usually the the power the ability to win points quickly is very important and Riffis just doesn't really have that to me i wouldn't mm-hmm. really, i wouldn't expect him to have much of a chance against dimitrov right yeah yeah it's dimitrov he's playing of course yeah yeah that could just be a whitewash well i mean dimitrov obviously Again, I, I put him in the Cuevas category at the moment. He beats most players ranked lower than him because he's quite low ranked at the moment. But he's just nowhere near beating the best players in the world. But yeah, yeah, I, I still think it'll be he'll be comfortable there. Um, we've also got Zachary Svaija. Is that how you pronounce his surname? I don't know. Svaija, I guess. Probably. I, I, that's what like that. I would go for, yeah. 716 ranked in the world. First player to win back-to-back boys 18s title, the USTA one. Um, since Jack Sock in 2010, yeah, 2010 and 2011. Um, so obviously, yeah, really good junior player. He's playing Chechen Nato in the first round. 
can you tell us anything about his game, Damien? Because yeah. I hadn't even heard the name before this. There's a lot more potential, honestly, there, uh, especially with, you know, he, uh, back at 2019 US Open, because he also won mm-hmm. the, the, the event in Kalamazoo uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, so it's actually yeah. defending champion, but but it's 2019 and 2021, not not 2020 because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. he played a very good four hours and something match against Lorenzi. Uh, he right. went to the net quite a lot and and looked looked really solid back then. I I haven't really seen him much since then, honestly. Mm. Uh, I I have no idea if the if the Kalamazoo event is streamed anywhere. But uh, mm. an interesting thing is that um, well in that fir- in that loss to Lorenzi, he had a lot, you know s- suffered from cramping and all. Obviously, mm-hmm. he wasn't really ready for four and a half hours against someone who really makes you win points against him. But mm. uh, the Kalamazoo final is actually best of five, so that's ah, okay. that, that's a fair bit of of practice for you know bef- before the U.S. Open. That you know most of the youngsters who who get a wild card don't, don't really have that. So uh, I'm I'm curious yeah. if that's gonna help Svaida. Uh, was it Ben Shelton that he defeated this year? The, the guy who got a wild card for qualies, I, th- I think uh, so. Yeah, in rings a bell, so I think so. Yeah, but I, 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 I can, don't know anything about Ben Shelton, honestly. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he hasn't really played any pro events for now. So mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 interesting. So he might he might be better than his ranking suggests. Definitely, possibly. but he's eighteen. Like you know, when he, if he played yeah. Rufus, he'd probably lose. But I think in in two or three years, Vida is the yeah. is the better prospect. Right. Okay. And he's playing Czech Tenato in the the first round. I mean, that's winnable. I mean, surely. Is it still the case that Czechinato hasn't won a, a match at slams outside of Ron Garros? I, I believe. No. So. Is that is that actually right? Yeah. I mean, for a long time he actually had that one semi at Ron and Ron Garros, and all the other events were first round losses, and he, oh my God. he destroyed that record uh, because he actually won at Ron Garros again. Uh, yeah. Like you know, this year and the the previous one. Yeah, but he's yeah, zero yeah, for that's twelve. Right. Oh yeah. my god, Jesus! So he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 12. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. So twelve main draw losses at all the other slams. Wow. It's a pretty re- incredible record, really. And uh, <laughs> yes, yes. both Spida oh and Chikinato, because of that, have a very good chance there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I, if I remember the, uh, I, I looked at the bookies odds briefly, and I remember Chekinato being a pretty big favorite there, you know. Uh-huh. But but it's, it's yeah. one where something could happen, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Chekinato is a better player on hard courts than Lorenzi was two years ago, and Svaida really. I mean, Lorenzi yeah. then uh, played three extremely good sets against Vavrinka, so uh, yeah, I wouldn't count out Svaida winning. Obviously, back then it was even more crazy because he was sixteen. Right now yeah. he's right now he's at least eighteen, so it's not going to be that shocking. But it's a very yeah. interesting match. Worth tuning in. Yeah, hundred percent. The last men's wild card we've got is Max Purcell, who again I thought it was an odd pick. Okay, he's had a couple of good results this year. I think so. He beat Augur Aliassime and he beat Monfils earlier in the year. Turn was six ranked Aussie. There's other Americans I would have picked over Max Purcell though, and it's just odd that. The, I assume it's the USDA or the governing body uh, would decide to pick Max Purcell over again Cressy, um, other players like that of that uh, sort of ranking. I, I don't know though. Max, the the win he had against Ograli seemed to be fair was really impressive. So do you think that's fair enough, Damien? You know, a couple of wins against top twenty players kind of gets you a you know merits you a wild card in these sort of tournaments. 
Yeah, I mean he he's a, he he's a great player at the mm. moment. He won the mm-hmm. he won the challenger in Nur Sultan this year. I'm yeah. pretty baffled about the wildcard as well, but I guess maybe it's one yeah. of those reciprocal deals that that you know yeah, in yeah. Australia and uh, an American is gonna get it. But uh, you know, if we're choosing Australians, like Chris O'Connell could have been a pick, but then again he he's been mostly playing main tour events and not really going deep. And mm. Purcell, I mean, he was. Maybe not a double specialist, but he was really, really good last year. He, he um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was in the Austrian Open finals with with Luke Saville. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy that he's finally able to do something more with his uh, sing- singles career as well. And I don't know. I'm just excited that he got a chance. I, I I don't you know know the specifics on how he got it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think that rings a bell. I'm sure I saw an agreement somewhere. I didn't know exactly what it was, but that sounds right. He um he'll play with Yannick Sinner in the first round, who we'll get on to. He's my dark horse pick, so I'm not expecting Purcell to get a win there. But it could be a tough match. I quite I kinda of rate his game. Um I don't think Sinner is always the fastest starter at some tournaments. So who knows? But but yeah, I mean Sinner should come through that, but it could be an interesting match, certainly. Uh, anything else to add on those, Damien, or shall I move on to the ladies' wildcards? No, I think you can move yeah. on to the ladies, yeah. Cool. Um, Venus Williams got one, but she has now left, obviously. So moving on to Coco Van de Vee, who, former world number nine, I think it's fair enough. She gets a wild card certainly, over a lot of people. Um, she plays Trevisan in the first round. Uh, how much has Van de Vee played recently, Damien? Do you know? It's not much, is it? No, I mean, she played some IDFs. Like she looks like she's, you know, back for good. Like trying to trying to really get back to her best. And you know, in her prime, she was super fun to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm, obviously, for four losses in a row recently. But that's what I was just looking she, at. Yeah. She was in the semis at Birmingham. Obviously, grass is her is her favorite surface by a mile. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not a wild card that you could say that it's you know not worth giving her yeah yeah exactly yeah she she 100 deserves one if she wanted one um so we'll see what happens with that match maybe she won't have much of a chance well i think she'll beat trevis to be honest but um mm-hmm. i don't i don't think she'll get much further than that katie mcnally is the next one i've got 136 in the world i just think she's been given that because she's got a high enough ranking she plays pliskova in the first round um, so that should just be a it should be a win for Pliskov, obviously maybe a, a comfortable start. Katie McNally's game's okay, um, but nothing mind blowing. So certainly somebody like Vandewey, for example, um, would have had more of a chance. But yeah, McNally, I don't know. Um, how do you rate her game, Damien? Have you seen much of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, she she was a fantastic junior, uh, mm-hmm. French Open runner-up, I think, to go off, and then then uh, a lot of Grand Slam finals in doubles as a junior, like I don't know, four or five, like uh, absolutely five. crazy result, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, since then, I mean, she she hasn't really been that impressive. Although she won mm-hmm. a, I think she won a hundred k in in Charleston this this year. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, that was. I mean, in, uh, she won in in, in doubles. <laughs> so I don't oh, okay. know. I don't yeah. know how much you know how much it's it's gonna mean for her singles game, but know, it, it's one of these players, well. yeah, who had a who had a fantastic junior career, but yet to really show you know her true colors on the main tour. But yeah. I mean, she's nineteen; like, you know, there's still yeah, a, yeah. a lot of time to do that. 
Yeah, fair enough. Katie Volleynets, best uh, named women's player on the tour. <laughs> um, she was uh, the USDA Girls 18s champion, uh, number 189 in the world. I saw a little bit of her game at Wimbledon in the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, she was impressive and she's like, she's totally... She's got a lot of, uh, what's the word? It's just fighting spirit, I guess, but it's a bit Americanized as well. So there's a lot of like, come ons and um, it was fine. It's just a bit cheesy to watch is all I mean. But I, I, I like I like seeing people put as much as they can into it, definitely. She certainly comes across that way. She's going to fight for every single point to her Rafa style. She is against Tom Lianovic and just given how keen she is to be playing, and all that sort of fighting spirit, I wouldn't totally count her out against Tom Lianovic. I think she'll actually have a chance. Um, she was very grindy, that sort of player, definitely. Um, and if Tom Lianovic doesn't start hitting the ball big enough, then I, I could see her winning. But yeah, I mean, I'd still tip Tom Lianovic probably, but I don't think it'll be, it, it, it might not be a comfortable match, is all I'd say. Emma Navarro is the next one I've got, number 329 in the world. NCAA singles title winner after going 25-1 to 1 in collegiate singles. So that's like, I don't know exactly statistically where that places her amongst the best collegiate singles players ever. But I mean, she'll be up there, definitely. So she, she's had an amazing junior career. Um, or no, not necessarily junior. She might be old enough to not be playing junior, sorry. Um, no, but uh, be... she was there on the wrap in uh, at Roland Garros to to Layla. Well, that too, yeah, 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 and obviously, yeah, she won. Um, that's what I'm saying. She won the USTA tournament as well. So, yeah, I mean, she could be. I, I've not actually got who she's against. I mean, I don't know why I don't have that down. Christina uh, McHale. Christina McHale. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she could easily win that. Surely. Next one I've got is Ashlyn Kruger, 647 in the world. She won the 2021 USTA 18s National Championship. She plays Schmidlova. Um, do you know anything about either of those players, David? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Schmidlova has been a, a mainstay on the main tour for some, some parts of her career. And she's mm-hmm. usually pretty solid. I mean, I, f- I think she's playing a lot better than her ranking suggests at the moment. And um, mm-hmm. I love her two-handed backhand. Definitely one of the, the most solid shots, ex, you know, in... Uh, in the group of players that 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 we don't usually see uh, on the main tour, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I have never seen Ashlyn Kruger play, but you know, obviously the, the 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 championships at Kalamazoo are at pretty high standard. But you know, she's still she's just seventeen. I think she also won Orange Bowl, so you know, th- there's a lot of potential there for sure. But uh, I've I've never seen mm-hmm. her. So right. I, I mean, yeah, it sounds like. Probably Schmidlova will get the win there, but mm-hmm. could be a good match, definitely. The last wild card I've got down here is Storm Sanders. Again, this will probably be the same sort of agreement as Parcel, I'd imagine, uh, as an Aussie. 139 in the world. She has got four top 100 wins, is the best stat I could find for her this year, to be honest. Um, yeah. Again, it's I would a bit have run an... for Sharma there if, if, yeah. you, if you, you know, were to pick an Australian like Sharma and Charleston, and obviously has, hasn't uh-huh. been doing that well since then. But I mean, you know, she won a WTA 250 event. She's also a former collegiate player, which I guess they would they would like to promote. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. And Sanders isn't Sanders isn't obviously. So I don't know. I would have gone for Sharma, but you know, she qualified so. Maybe it's just maybe, spared. maybe it's purely a ranking. I don't know. Um, but she plays. I mean, uh, Sharma is higher than Sanders. I think. Is she? Is she? 
Let me see. Yeah, I mean, she 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 won Charleston. She has to be. Yeah, good point. Actually, she's a uh, ranked number one hundred and fourteen in the world. Yeah, you're right. So that is a it's a super yeah. odd choice. Um, I don't know if St- Sanders is playing the doubles with Barty or something. Like that's the only other draw I could think of. But it seems unlikely given Barty's probably <laughs> focused on the the singles. I haven't checked the doubles draw or uh, the doubles entries even. I've got no, no idea. There's no doubles. It's not out yet. Oh, there is a doubles draw already. Okay, sorry. I, I oh, is it? No, Barty is not playing there. Sanders probably no. is because she... Uh, yeah, Sanders is playing with Carlin Dolhide, which could explain something, you know, because she's right. playing with a, with an American, so... Okay, yeah, yeah. It, could, it, could, I don't know. It, it could be something like that. She's against um, Doi. Sharma, Sharma is playing with an American, too, so... I see. All right. Okay. Well, who knows then? Yeah. Haley Carter. <laughs> Total mystery. I actually have no idea then. Um, she plays Doi in the first rounds. So, again, I, I imagine that'll be a bit of a toss up. That really could go either way. Hey, right. That, that'll do for the wild cards, I think. Um, if you want to move on to the qualifying and then take the sure. reins a little bit, Damien. I don't know. Talk, talk us through it, I guess. What, what do you think the the best picks are maybe what do you, who do you think the qualifiers are that could be ones to watch what kind of have any of the qualifiers had interesting stories along the mm-hmm. way stuff like that um just yeah if you want to go ahead with it sure. I, I, you know yeah i was absolutely super impressed with my compatriot camille weichschag uh coming through uh I okay yeah i yeah. think he was a pretty solid favorite for his for his for his section outside of mm-hmm. the match with wolf he's playing good was, uh, he's a playing... huge second round yeah, he's playing well at the moment. Yeah, it's been a bit quiet about him. Like, he hasn't had that statement breakthrough run, uh, mm. on the major at least. But I, I think in the past few months, he's actually been playing really solid tennis. He also won the Polish National Championships, which had quite a, a good lineup this year. Uh, only mm-hmm. Kurkacz was better, really, from, from the male players. And uh, he's serving really well right now, which was right. clearly evidenced uh, by this run. I mean, he he yeah. served like 21 aces, I believe, and never lost serve uh, against Ferreira, Silva, Wolf, and Rodionov. So Aye. I am looking forward to seeing him play against Rusuvori. I mean, it's 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 a pretty tough draw uh, mm-hmm. because Rusuvori has just been to a Winston Salem semi. But I also really believe, you know, I I, I often underrate or overrate the Polish Polish. <laughs> like it's it's really a mess. Me picking Polish players is, is a mess oftentimes. But I don't feel like I'm I'm wrong here that 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 you know that Majstak has a solid chance in that match. It's a tough draw but he, he can totally do it with the level he has right now. He's also been at uh, you know in the third round at the US Open before. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 or 18, I can't remember at the moment. 19, I think. So, so, so he's he's a player that likes the conditions, and really, the I feel like the serve has improved a lot. Then we mm-hmm. have Oscar Otte, who's qualified for his third straight slam, which is a huge mm-hmm. achievement. You know, given how uh, you know it's really a very even field at every single Grand Slam qualifying. So winning three three times in a row is is absolutely huge. He yeah. had a crazy story in the qualities because he won his first two matches uh, against Renzo Olivo and Constant Lestien, uh, serv- saving match points in in first ah, okay. set tie breaks, and he vomited wow. on court in both of these tie breaks. <laughs> but hey, really? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow he went on to play his best match of the qualities <laughs> against Bernabe Zapata Miralesh, who was, by the way, also playing for a third straight qualifying win. 
So yeah, uh, I know. thought I'd seen his name a lot in the slams. Um, he seems to keep coming through, doesn't he? Exactly, uh, and he actually qualified as a as a lucky loser, uh, Zapata Miralesh. Ah, uh, did he? All right, but I don't think he has a good chance of winning. Uh, right. like you know, as as good as Otte, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Zapata Milaj is playing, I can't remember who, but he's playing someone. Uh, I'll get it. Don't worry. Someone a bit tougher. Ah, uh, no, actually not. Sorry, I totally miss. I totally missed that. He's playing Feliciano Lopez, which is like a oh, coin okay. to, a coin toss at this point. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Zapata Milaj uh, has been very impressive this year in his ability to play on other surfaces. Like you know, mm. we you know, it's a, he's a Spaniard. He plays quite aggressively, but the the tops beforehand is still. You know, at his best on clay, but he's been very impressive qualifying to into Wimbledon. Now, lucky loser into the U.S. Open, but other the very decent results on on other surfaces. But Otto is the one I I wanted to mention more because he's playing Lorenzo Sonego in the yeah. first round, and this is finally a good a good draw for him because at at Roland Garros he drew uh, Zverev in the first round, took two sets, mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't quite close it out. Then at Wimbledon he got Murray in the second round once again, two, took two, two sets. sets. Uh, yeah, he wasn't leading two sets to none as as he was against Zverev, but I mean he yeah, still, still was playing at a very high level and just just couldn't really close it out. But yeah, Otte, is, Otte against Sonego is is one of my favorite qualities matches there. Uh, Botting van der Zandschub is another interesting uh, story because he qualified for his third slam this year, and in the mm-hmm. in the fourth one he got in as a lucky loser. So eleven. What was his, what, what was his name? Sorry, uh, Botting van der Zandschub. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Dutch guy. Is yep. he Dutch? Yeah, he yeah, he is Dutch. Mm. Yeah, he he's very powerful. Uh, you know, pretty high, uh, serving very well. He won a round at each uh, of Wimbledon and Roland Garros. At Roland Garros, mm-hmm. he defeated Hurkacz, and that at Wimbledon it was like an easier match. I can't remember, but anyhow, he has a very good draw as well because he's playing Carlos Taberner, who was mm. one of the last direct acceptances, and he pretty much uh, well. Off clay, he's not really a force, and he's quite passive. Yeah. Uh, Van der Zandschup had a very tough quality campaign, not in the in the in terms of the opponents necessarily, but in terms of how it went. He showed uh-huh. a lot of tenacity to get there, and I, I, I don't know if he's gonna need it against Tabernacle because really on on hard courts, this is a matchup he should be winning. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know if he will. But yeah, then then we also have Holger Rune, who's just won thirteen matches mm-hmm. in eighteen days. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back That'll to be an back. exciting first round. Yeah, back to back challenger titles in Verona and San Marino, and he got he got to the states like on Sunday probably because he finished yeah. his uh, Verona campaign on on Saturday, and they have you know Italian challenger finals often start very late, so he I, I'm assuming he fl- he flew on Sunday, and then on Wednesday he had to play the qualies, and mm-hmm. you know there were really a lot of concerns that he's not gonna fare that well on hard courts, especially with this little prep. But yeah. uh, you know, he the last time he played hard courts before this, it was actually in, in February back on the ITF tour. So okay, you no, know, yeah, yeah. But he qualified in great style. I think Kruger was actually having a pretty bad day at the office, but the the, the mm-hmm. you know the, the sheer the ability to to just play this well again despite these many matches recently and actually mm-hmm. fitness used to be a huge issue for Rune. He used to cramp mm-hmm. in almost all the matches he he, he played. Oh really? Yeah, uh-huh. like whenever it went free. And he's a he's a former junior world number 1. He's a 2019 yeah. Ron Garros junior champion and obviously he got a terrible draw but you know. What all do I you, remember what can all I do? know 
the main thing I always remember about Ruin is uh, I, I don't want to totally paraphrase him wrong, but he said something along the lines of, in reference to Rafa Nadal's 13 Roland Garros mm-hmm. titles, did he say something along the lines of, those records are there to be broken? Yeah, sort of like he said something along the lines of, I'm going to break them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, and it's like, come on. <laughs> obviously, he's not going to do that, but uh, he's been, be he's humble, been man. an absolute like... force. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's 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 uh-huh. a good player. I, I do rate him, but I I I I I mean, okay, he's had some hardcore wins. Fair enough. Maybe I've been proved wrong, but on a hardcore, I against Djokovic, no chance. No, I mean, against that. Djokovic, obviously not. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's actually done quite well at, against uh, good opponents this year because he yeah. he's already scored six, I believe, top one hundred wins. But I mean. I, I'm not expecting anything from him against Djokovic. Like, yeah, yeah. Really. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a bad draw because yeah, he might break it soon, sooner rather than later. But not this tournament. So uh, I feel like we name checked Maxim Cressy quite a bit here. Yeah, but we did. He, he yeah. also qualified. He's been having a lot of struggles to close out sets recently. Oh, uh, just terrible games when serving for it against Andreotti in the first round here against Bemelmans in the third. He somehow mm-hmm. got it still because the draw was really kind to him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's always dangerous on his day. No one plays Seren Volley at the moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, players just aren't used to it they, <laughs> like that. Like, you know, they, they don't return, you know, they, they don't come on yeah, to the yeah. return. They just sort of try to you know, try to land a racket on it. And it, it's just not going to work. But, you know, he, he yeah, got Karen Busta. But... Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, I, I love watching his game. I really do. Yeah. I'm, like... Against somebody like Karina Busta, who's well, I, actually he's playing pretty well. To be fair, um, I don't think he has no chance. So I just think he's the kind of. I'm not saying he is going to beat him, but he's the kind of guy that if he was playing well enough, I mean, his serve is really, really good, and he, he he's a decent serving volleyer. He knows what he's doing. So you know, he's the kind of guy that could have a chance if he's playing his absolute best, but probably not. Yeah, because of his style, I feel like the the difference in his results is. He's huge. Like you know, on a given day, he can mm-hmm. just defeat anyone, stick with anyone. Like the match against Tsitsipas, was it the U.S. Open last year? I think so. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That 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 was great. And then he can just lose to you know someone who has two solid ground strokes, and then he's gonna yeah, stand yeah. there while Cressy commits thirty double faults because yeah, yeah, he pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah go, goes for the first <laughs> serve twice. Uh, yeah, and another guy I've been really impressed with is Alex Molchan. He you know, obviously had amazing success on clay this year. The the final so the against final? Djokovic, yeah, yeah, in mm-hmm. Belgrade. Then he also captured his first challenger title uh, title in Liber- in Liberets and mm-hmm. lost nineteen games on the way, I think. And you know, after that, he took a break, came here, and even at Wimbledon, he was already great. Even though mm-hmm. you know his counter punching game, counter punching game, it doesn't really work on grass. But he, mm-hmm. you know, if he just shows that if you're playing well, you're playing well, and it's not gonna matter what what surface it is. You know, yeah. form is form can translate uh, from surface to surface. And yeah, yeah. at Wimbledon, mm. he was uh, to, uh, leading two sets to none. I can't remember against whom in the in the final qualifiers round. Uh, I, I could have been Antoine Ong, but I I'm not positive about it. Uh, and then, uh, and then he qualified here once again, being very close to to losing in the in the final round of qualifying. But he he managed to save match points and defeat Gastao Elias. But yeah, I've been I've been super impressed with the way he's been able to to do what he did on clay. 
uh, still here. And the mm-hmm. reason I am I am why I'm mentioning him this much is that he is a qualifier that feels like he you know he has a very good chance of winning because he's playing another qualifier, so Jamilka. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, and Ilkal is honestly to me one of the one of the weakest qualifiers. He won against yeah. Lehechka. But mm-hmm. Lehechka was very, very washed up after defeating Ilya Marchenko. Uh, the, the match, Lehechka Marchenko was absolutely crazy as well. Lehechka yeah, saved too I, much I, points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw some of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, and Ilko, is he, is, he quite, is he quite old nowadays? I feel like he's been around for ages. I don't know. He's one of those uh, guys that. really. I mean, he's. Am like I wrong about that? 26, probably, I, I would say. Uh, yeah, I had twenty seven in my head, yeah. so I suppose. Yeah, he's been around for a wee while, I guess. I just more meant he's not um, one of those guys who's necessarily up and coming or anything. I don't really know if his ranking mm-hmm. has maybe it's maybe it's plateaued. I don't really know if he's going to get any higher than that. Is sort of what I mean. He um, he he was in a challenger final this year in Pozoblanco, Actually, lost to another Turk, uh, Altuk Chelik Bilek. I think Chelik Bilek okay. is by far the most, uh, by far the better one of the two. Uh, yeah. They 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 actually their games are like carbon copies of each other. Like oh, really? Serve and forehand. <laughs> just, that's right. their strengths. And honestly, watching you know Pozoblanco was uh, the, the Pozoblanco final was like their uh, that Spider Man meme. Where, where yeah, they yeah, all points to each other, but Chelikvilek <laughs> was that just that tiny bit better, and I think he right. he probably would have qualified from Ilkal's section as well. He just got a really tough draw against Chris O'Connell in the first round. So, uh, but mm. yeah, Ilkal is is not looking that strong to me. So I think Molten has a very good shot at winning that, and I guess there's one more qualifier who just has to be mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, if you if it's the same person I'm thinking yeah, of, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Ivo Karlovic. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm really excited for him. I, that's what I, I like. I like Karlovic. I'm not. I'm not not a fan of Karlovic. I think he's. I am. You know, you're not a fan of. Him, you know, right? I. I I'm sorry, I am a fan. Yeah, you're, you're I, a fan of. Him. I am you're a, a total fan. fan. Yeah. Like this is probably yeah. like you know, my second or third most favorite player to watch. Oh really? Really? Oh wow! Like uh, oh, okay. I'm a massive fan of the guy. I I'm definitely preparing uh, some sort of a huge article after he retires and I'm trying <laughs> to pay my tribute to to the guy yeah. that I've enjoyed watching. Honestly, yeah. probably in the in the past couple of years, I'd imagine. Ivo Karlovic might be the player with you know if I counted the percentages of matches that I watched for every single mm. player I think Karlovic might be the you know at the top of the list. Oh my god! Like okay. really, I'm I'm watching every single Ivo Karlovic match if I can. He's like he's exciting to watch. I like him. I I agree with you, Damien. I think he gets a lot of stick. He doesn't just serve his way through matches. Like he has got other layers to his game. Uh, a Pelka quote basically saying. Uh, from Toronto, you know, you can't get mm-hmm. to the top 100 in the world with just a serve. Like, it's impossible. Yeah, Karlovic but is... as you said with Pliskova, like, mm-hmm. obviously Pliskova is completely different to Karlovic, but yeah. if there is someone who is, like, truly a serve bot, then mm-hmm. that's probably Ivo Karlovic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like, it's about as close uh, as you can. I love that's his true. volleys and all, but I mean... <laughs> Obviously, the serve is the most most important thing, but it's it's a brilliant story. I mean, you, you know, even why he, why his serve is so good, you know, because back uh, back in Croatia in like the nineties, you know, the the war broke out and he couldn't, you know, he didn't have anyone to practice with, and it also got really, uh, you know, it uh, before the the war it was very cheap because it was you know in the communist era, and then mm-hmm. after capitalism, uh, you know, 
became the, mm. the economy of Croatia. T- playing yeah. tennis uh, w- was just for the rich, and Karlovic just waited uh, until the evening when everyone was off the courts and he had no one to play with, so he just practiced his serve. All right, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it, cool. it, the guy is an <laughs> incredibly funny person as well. Like the the, the Twitter, he's very self aware. Yeah, yes, also very self-aware, which is which yeah. is great. You you kind of need that with all the hate that his game is getting. I know. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would love to see him play more. It's actually the big question right now: is he gonna play more? Because yeah, uh, I saw that. Was he saying he's questionable whether or not he'll retire? Yeah, he was thinking if he does well at the US, then he might keep yeah. playing. At Los Cabos, he said that if he does well before the US or at the US, uh-huh. that he might reconsider. And before the US, he. You know, he he didn't win a match, <laughs> so yeah. right now, honestly, like you know, maybe maybe it's it can be a question for you. What do you think is doing well at at this point of his career? What is he doing well? I think he's serving well. No, I mean no. I mean, <laughs> I mean the fact say again, sorry, said, David. I mean the fact that he said. Uh, if if I do well at the US Open, I'm gonna reconsider. Oh like, right, what, sorry. What yes. does the, the phrase "do well" mean? Like, is yeah, it qualifying? I, is it winning no, a round? Is it a second round? Probably. So, okay. Yeah, I, I think I think he's literally aiming to win. What I, I think him qualifying might be enough for him. To be honest, yeah, like I, I, I definitely that, agree. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think he was expecting to lose in the first round, possibly. Of I, I was expecting that. Mm-hmm. I definitely tuned into the the match against Milojevic, thinking that this might be the last one. Then I yeah. tuned into the the match against Delian with the same thinking, and then against Tugita, I was already super pumped up and cheering for yeah, Karlovic yeah. to go, <laughs> go to the main draw. And honestly, I didn't think he was beating Tugita. I did yeah. not think that was happening. So that Sugita was, yeah. wasn't really in good form, but he played a great match against Kokinakis. So I also wasn't yeah. expecting that. And the you know the crazy part is that maybe the draw wasn't that that tough, but it's still winning three matches against you know guys who are a lot younger. And mm-hmm. if you, I believe, uh, as I said, I'm I'm a bit of a Karlovic expert. <laughs> I believe mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. look into back into his past. Uh, winning three consecutive matches. The last time he did that would be Houston Challenger 2019, so November. So why, you know, okay, that's why I feel this is a very. I feel like this is a very big achievement for him. And yeah. if there is a result, maybe maybe he just wants to go already. You know who knows. But if there is a, you know if if he really wants to reconsider, like if he wants to continue playing, then I think that should be enough. And he yeah. is signed up for the Kerry Challenger soon. Uh, you know the the entry lists were were made before the before the qualies, so we don't really know. You know if if the decision was, uh, well, I I guess we know that the decision wasn't influenced by the qualies. So he mm. actually probably signed up. You know because he had to do that in advance, and and if he does well at the U.S. Open, then he's gonna play there. Mm. Uh, and you know at this time it's just all a question of what's what's doing well, but. You know he's playing Rublev. If he won, obviously that would if he be won that, yeah, that, that would be, be doing impressive. well. But obviously yeah. it's 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 gonna be a long shot. I mean, Rublev's return isn't really his forte, but no, no. And you know, I I could see a break of serving there potentially. As I said, you know, he's not got the best for second whom? serve for Karlovic? possibly. Whoa. And I'm just saying it's within the realms of possibility is all I meant. One you know, if he takes maybe <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. So if he takes if he takes two tie break sets, which a hundred percent could happen, then I could see cool. him getting that, that break in the third set. Who knows? As if he's winning the straight sets. Mm-hmm. I don't like 
you know, <laughs> knows. I'd love him to win, though. Um, I'm totally team Karlovic. He's like 42 now, isn't he, or something like that. Yeah, 42. So, yeah. He's so hard yeah. to play against because you can just get to the tie break and then he just, I don't know, blasts five aces and how can you win? Yeah. But, you know, the, yeah. the funny thing is that he actually has a losing record in tie breaks. I was just, I was just about to look it up, actually, yeah. Fabian. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's like, that's uh, interesting. 398 to 402 or something like that. Like, it's, oh, wow. it's almost close to 50%. It, it, he yeah. recently uh, played his 800, but uh-huh. it's just on the you know on the losing side. So it's yeah. it's actually pretty crazy that a guy who played the most tie breaks in history has a losing mm-hmm. record in them because yeah, yeah. Federer has uh, has I, be- say, I believe yeah. the second amount of wins, but he he actually played you know uh, a lot highest. less tie breaks, but he has the highest yeah he has yeah, the highest yeah. percentage so. Is it sixty six percent? I think ah, was, it in my, no was it in my quiz. It might have been no, in my it quiz. Wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. That if was it stat, was, I would that. have failed it. Yeah, because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's about sixty. About so about two and three tie breaks for Fedra. Um, yeah, and for it's not even one. In two. I know. I know. Not even one in two. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other qualifier I was going to mention from the men's that didn't qualify was Paolo Lorenzi because he retired at the age of 39 he lost to Maxime Jombier um yeah that's kind of it from the have you got any other other ones in the qualifiers uh no I kind of covered everyone that I felt like was more important uh maybe one word for Paolo Lorenzi because he's He's a very important player to me. Uh, the first, okay. the first tennis uh, pro event that I saw live was a challenger in Sopot in 2018. Actually, it was played uh-huh. in Gdynia that year, but still called the Sopot Open. Well, before that, I was at a Davis Cup match, but not counting that for for this. And Paolo Lorenzi won this event. I definitely became a fan. Like the the whole story of him, you know, being a very late, uh, being a late bloomer, and then yeah, yeah. doing you know, winning an ATP title with. A very limited game, I would say. Like this is a guy yeah, yeah. who really maxed out his potential, and mm-hmm. he's uh, an absolute challenger to the legend. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one of three players who have 400 wins on this circuit. He's also oh. in the top three for titles one, yeah. uh, 2021, I believe. So oh. it's been such a fun run just watching him. I I believe his mental toughness is just off the charts. Like so many yeah. matches, he was he was just winning in close circumstances. And a crazy thing is, you know, back uh, like uh, like a month ago, I was just curious how Lorenzi has been doing against the top players. Obviously not well, but mm-hmm. he took a set of Nadal and Clay. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, in Rome 2011. And I, I actually recently rewatched Wait. the highlights of this match and he was uh-huh. serving volleying a lot, like absolutely was crazy. He? Yeah. And at the, at the time, it was just, you know, uh, everyone thought it was just, you know, one time thing. And Lorenzi yeah. stayed there like for, for, for a couple of more years. He was a, he was a mentor player and yeah. that, that's, that was just incredible. And also maybe one short funny story, but because this year I made a, when he when he defeated, I believe, maybe Danny. No, he, did he defeat Altmaier this year? That would have been really uh, interesting. <laughs> like in January, he he won a match because he only he won did, six yeah. or seven he, this year, and, uh, and I can't, and I can't remember who it was against. But anyhow, I made a joking tweet. Uh, yeah, Altmaier in in Antalya. Yeah, he I, did, I was, yeah, I was yeah. right about that. Yeah, that was that, that was a very impressive victory. And at, at this point, I never really expected that Lorenzi would would get something like that. And I made mm. this this very you know f- joking tweet that uh, I, I posted a picture of Lorenzi, 
And I said that now I know who I want to be when I grow up. And mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the fantastic thing that happened was that an Italian uh, mutual of mine uh, wrote to me and he said that he showed the picture to Paolo. And oh, really? that he uh, really that he that he told you know that he told him to thank me for this and that it mm-hmm. made him laugh and and all and oh, that cool. was just yet another experience with Lorenzi that made me love him even more. Oh, cool! So, oh, that, that's lovely. Yeah, Dizo. He yeah. seems like a nice guy. I've always thought he seemed like a nice guy. And what his, his first title came at like thirty four or something like that. Yeah, so, the only one actually. Yeah. The, his only, his first and only one. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Beal, so, I think. So, so no, the whole hard work ethic, obviously, you know, it must be massive for him. Uh, so yeah, he's a very likable guy, definitely. And it's a shame that he's retired. A shame that he didn't get a, a qualify, like he didn't qualify as well. That would have been nice to go yeah, out on. I mean, looking at like how his year went, it's it's not that <laughs> no, surprising. It wasn't, no, 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 that that that's true. But retiring like without a crowd. Uh, around you is, is quite sad I yeah, think, for players, yeah. definitely on that note about Lorenzi, uh, I can talk a little bit about some of the British qualifiers but apart from that, Damien, I don't, I don't have uh, loads in front of me, I was just going to mention that Emma Raducanu did qualify, she beat Mayar Sharif, who has won a few futures titles recently, she's quite a difficult player so it was a good win for Radicanu. Radicanu certainly seems to be announcing herself certainly the Wimbledon run was really impressive um, and she reached a final of a challenger the other week as well, she actually might have a chance against Jennifer Brady in the first round, Jennifer Brady playing alright tennis but nothing like Australia at the start of the year so it's not a, a total given that Radicanu will lose that I would say, um, that's probably the best hope for uh, female British players, I would say. The other two players that qualified, Harriet Dart, uh, she played Victoria Tomova, who won this... No, she didn't win the Serbian Serbian Open. She did well at the Serbian Open. Just that she was a good player, Harriet Dart, that's a good win for her, definitely, but I wouldn't rate her game as much as Radicanu's. And the final British player was Katie Bolter, who beat Christina Kucheva, who she did really well at the... Gdynia Open, um, Gdynia Open even, sorry. Uh, she plays Ludmila Samsonova, who did really well at the French. Was it Wimbledon or the French? I think Wimbledon, was Samsonova Wimbledon, yeah. She has a, yeah. She has a huge game. And yeah, a massive grass game, was, yeah. yeah. yeah she, won, she won Berlin before that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, she's a properly dangerous player. I kind of... She, I don't know if she came out of nowhere. Maybe you'll know, Damien, but uh, sort of, yeah, it's, it's a little bit like she. Just For example, last stick. year she was the one that lost to Svetlana Pironkova in the first round, and right. you know, back then it was like you know some random girl. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and this mm-hmm. year, yeah, in on the on the grass in Berlin, she definitely sort of came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, yeah, I think her game will be too big for Bolter, to be honest. Um, so yeah, Radicando looking like the the best of the qualifiers to come through, definitely. Um, have you got anything else on any of the other yeah. you know, female qualifiers? I mean, two two of really huge games are definitely Anna Konyuk, the former quarterfinalist of the of this event from yeah. 2016, and also Lena Gabriela Russa. Uh, I remember before Wimbledon, I I wrote a preview of the qualifying saying that Russa was one of the favorites to come through. She played like a terrible match there and okay. won a couple of games, <laughs> but I'm happy that at least you know, I was just one slum off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, these 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 girls really have you know the the ability to play the, the matches on their terms, and I think Konyuk has mm-hmm. a great chance to dominate Fernandez, who's you know, right. sort of lightweight, 
uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like her game, but it's not big enough yet, definitely. Um, I, I think I'm sure Fernandez had a few good results um, course, last yeah. year or something. She's like she's she's, she's also a been a junior champ junior. Uh, in 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 yeah. In, yeah. So, so a junior grand slam champ, but I don't know if if Konyu has her day, you know. Right now she's ranked around eighty seven or something. So so you know she's not gonna have to qualify for slams, and that's great because yeah. she she deserves it definitely. After especially after all the injury issues that she's been through, uh, Rusa is mm. actually playing Vondroshova. So this is a okay. very long shot. I believe the conditions yeah. will probably be, you know, humid, hot enough that that Vondroshova is is gonna enjoy it just like she did in Tokyo. Yeah, but you know, once again, as I said, Rusa and Konyu are these players that, on a given day, they they can really hit yeah. through anyone. And definitely, uh, two, two two girls that that had breaks in their careers, and well, it's just great to see them back on the right track. So, for example, Rebe- Rebecca Marino, who, by the way, defeated Hret Minen in the in the final round of qualifying, and Minen had a chance to go twelve to zero in. Grand Slam qualifying this year, she actually mm-hmm. failed failed at the at the very last match. But anyhow, Marino, you know, initially she retired in 2013 when she was like 23, Whoa. I think. Yeah, yeah, and she she then studied at uh, like a, a university and was part of the team, uh, the rowing team there, uh-huh. which is crazy. And then she Bizarre. was also a, a tennis coach <laughs> in that in, in that period. And yeah. in 2018, after after five years, she you know she came back, and she also qualified for the Australian Open. She's gonna play uh, Svitolina, so obviously a, a tough first round draw. But you know we've we've seen uh, good runs the previous week, destroying the chances of players in, yeah. in uh, you know at slams. So you know maybe I mean it's it's a very long shot. Mm. And then another another one is Nuria Parisas Diaz, who's having a fantastic year. She's she's actually thirty, and like five or six years ago, she had a, a very serious injury where the doctors decided that she that that she couldn't uh, you know, that probably she's not gonna be able to play anymore. They suggested mm. her to retire, but she she didn't have any sponsors and all. But she somehow managed to recover. She played on the ITF circuit for years. And mm-hmm. actually, after the pandemic, it was where she, where she really broke through. And uh, during the, the 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 first lockdown, she met uh, Carlos Buluda Purkis, who was uh, an ATP player back then. And he decided to retire and coach her. They're they're also mm-hmm. dating. Oh, <laughs> so, right. yeah, and, yeah, and under his uh, uh, lash, she, she's been absolutely fantastic and was came very yeah. came very close to uh, to qualifying at both for the French Open and Wimbledon. So mm. it, it's great to see her finally finally do that. Just just a great late career story. We've had this mm. in 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 women's tennis already. Like for example, Buzarnescu became like what a top twenty, I don't know, top thirty for sure player after the age of thirty. So. I yeah. don't know, maybe, maybe there's still time for, for Nuria Paritas Diaz to do it as well. Guzarnescu was, yeah, the number 20 at, at her peak, so. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's quite a few good stories. I, I kind of thought that. Certainly, I think my pick of all of them would probably be Djokovic Ruin. Probably. Um, I, I think I'll give that a watch. Um, other than that, I think, well, do you think it's going to be underwhelming? Yeah, I mean, I think it could just get destroyed. Too easy, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I just, I, I, I quite like watching uh, Rune's game. I haven't seen him in a hard court yet, to be fair. 
don't know how it translates. Uh, me neither, but... probably, honestly. Like, okay, you know, the, the IPF streams, obviously, uh, you know, they're lacking. They're not often there. So, yeah. you know, he, he played a few challengers on hardcourts last season. So maybe I've seen him yeah. uh, in something, but I, I can't really remember that much. I definitely watched him on clay uh, a lot, but, but on hardcourts, maybe not yet as well. I mean, uh, in the yeah. qualies, I, I saw him in the qualies. Yeah, yeah, that's well, uh, I but, thought that. But yeah, before yeah. that, before that, not really, yeah. I think I'll give it a watch anyway. And then I think the, the ladies pick for me would be the Radicanu-Brady match. Probably. I can understand that, and I'm also also really hyped up for this one. Brady has been yeah. sort of struggling for health as well, and it I think it's super important for Raducanu to get back on the big stage as early as this after what she experienced at Wimbledon. Like, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. definitely. I agree with that. With that qualifying done, I think I'll just I'll dive into the. Our picks for early exits first, I think. Okay. And then we can end with who we think will actually win the tournament. So for me, my men's early exit pick would be Shapovalov. Kind of speaks for itself. It's not exactly a, a big surprise that I've gone for Shapovalov, having not won a match since Wimbledon. Um, however, I think he will. I think he'll get a couple of wins under his belt. But against somebody like Kachanov, who he struggled against at Wimbledon anyway, I think it was a five sets at, um, in the Wimbledon quarters there. I think he'll lose. I, I just think Wimbledon broke him a little bit. He just hasn't looked like the same player since. I don't know if that's unfair, but certainly against somebody like Pierre, Pierre um, has been playing better tennis, granted, but it's the sort of. He just seems to spiral out of control sometimes. And against players like Pierre, for example, that shouldn't be happening. You know, he's, he's seeded seventh in the world. He's seeded seventh at the tournament, sorry. I, I just, I, I think, yeah, third round, Max. He's against Del Bonis in the first round. Um, so I don't think you'll have much of a problem there. But yeah, against Kachanov or even Lloyd Harris in the third round, nah, I don't think so. Um, and for the women's, for the women's, I've went for Naomi Osaka, actually. I don't know if you'll agree with that. But I thought third, fourth round, I think she'll get beaten by Kerber. I, I think Kerber's been playing amazing tennis. I think Osaka... There's so much going on in her life at the moment, obviously. Um, seems to be affecting her on court to some degree. I think Kerber's playing good enough tennis to take advantage of that. I think Osaka could win her first three matches just by virtue of being Naomi Osaka. But Angelique Kerber looked amazing in Cincinnati. I really think she did. I think against anybody else, bar Barty, she would have won. So... I'm 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 rating her game for the US and I think she'll beat Naomi Osaka in the fourth round. That's my picks, Damien. Controversial maybe that second one, but that's my gut feeling. Okay. What about you? Have you got what what have you got for the men's and the ladies? Yeah, for the men's I also I, I think that most of them actually have pretty kind draws, like the the top guys, you know, mm -hmm. at least in the very beginning. Also best of five helps. Because yeah. there's a lot of more time to tune up your game, and but I also don't see Shapovalov going that far. I think if he has a bad day at the office, he could even go out to that Bonis. That Bonis likes it slower, and he can, you know, he's been doing extremely well this year. Obviously, mostly on clay, but yeah. you know, but then Kachanov Harris, that's actually one of my favorite first rounds, by the way. And mm -hmm. anyway, the guy who comes through that, I think, could very easily go to the forefront. I would see both yeah, Harris yeah. and Kachanov as, as the favorites over Shapovalov right now. Unless 100%. Shapovalov, you know, unless Shapovalov suddenly starts playing his best again. But yeah, we haven't seen that since since Wimbledon. He's also been struggling with some shoulder injury, I believe. 
uh yeah mm-hmm. so that would that that would be my early exit for the men's as well for the okay. women's i don't know if i agree about osaka like i'm very torn mm-hmm. on her because well i all I, I would definitely agree with the fact that uh all the personal stuff is affecting her on court to me the, yeah. the last mm-hmm. two tournaments what was it uh tokyo and cincinnati haven't I think been Von and uh Teichman, Teichman, wasn't Teichman, it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the, mm-hmm. they really haven't been impressive at all but then again mm-hmm. maybe the Grand Slam stage is just something different for her I mean I can't really say that she's gonna lose early because she won three of the last five hardcore slams and that's just yeah yeah I know that's exactly. just impossible like mm-hmm. five six I can't remember anyhow mm-hmm. you know, absolutely incredible but I do think that Halep might have a very tough time obviously because of the first round that she has against Georgie Mm-hmm. Camila Georgi is someone you really don't want to see in your first round match, not only because of Canada. Like, you know, just, you know, if you're a top player, you want to see someone who you're, no, you're going to out rally. And Georgi mm-hmm. just doesn't let you play your tennis. She just, yeah, yeah. everything depends on her. And that's not what you want to see. So if, if Georgi has a fantastic day, then, then Halep yeah. could be in trouble. Then she she could face Rybakina in third round if she comes through. So uh, yeah, I don't see how I'm going deep. But I also have yeah. another one with Andrescu, which is I guess yeah, sort of, of course, obvious. Yeah. yeah, I'd missed Andrescu actually. Yeah, good point. I am sort of obvious, but yeah, just lack of form recently, isn't it? You can't really see her getting that far. But and know, another pretty tough draw because she has Golubic in the first round. Obviously, Golubic yeah. slowed down after Wimbledon, but. I still think she she might be winning this and third round again Ostapenko or Samsonova that that's really tough. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, Andrescu and Halep are my ones. Your um comment there about Rubikina is a nice segue into mm-hmm. my dark horse pick. I'd have to go with Alina Rubikina for my women's dark horse. Um, I think she'll get to the quarters. And potentially, have I said she'll lose to Kerber again? Yeah, I think I have. Kerber or Osaka, you know, if Osaka did get through. But um, I think she would beat, yeah, 100% would beat Halep. I think she would beat Svetlina. Uh, I think she's a bit underrated. She's um, she, she's not done anything of, you know, total significance yet. But she's split her head-to-head this year with top 10 opposition, free all. Um, massive serve. I, ju- I think she's got a big game. She's a properly dangerous opponent. She has the kind of game that could beat anybody if she's playing well enough, definitely. And she hasn't had that breakout tournament yet. I'm feeling it. I think it'll be this tournament, uh, possibly. As a touch wood, we'll see. Because I like her game as well. I'd like her to get far. I think I prefer Kerber's game actually. So I wouldn't mind her losing to Kerber in the quarters. But uh, yeah, quarterfinals for Rubikina. Heard it here first. And uh, the men's dark horse I've got is Sinner, if it counts as a dark horse. Though I have said he'd get to the semis. That's definitely a dark horse if pick. If Rubakina counts, then Sinner does as well, I think. Yeah, they're quite similar ranks. Mm-hmm. I think 13, 13 and 19 seeds, respectively, uh, Sinner and Rubikina. Um, If Sinner did get to the semis, he would have to beat Zverev, in fairness. I think if Zverev is still feeling affected by everything that's going on, Sinner 100% can take advantage of that. Or maybe Zverev might have went out earlier, you know, he still had pretty tough matches at um, Australia and Roland Garros, or maybe not in Australia, certainly at Roland Garros anyway, early early doors um, before he got to the semis. 
Um, so he's still got the potential to struggle in best of five. And then in a quarterfinal matchup against Kachanov, Harris, DCB, or Shapovalov, I'd still see Sinner as the, the winner. He's had a lot of five-set matches, or at least a couple of five-set matches he's been on the wrong side of. Um, I think that's going to start going his way soon, sooner rather than later. He's serving well enough now as well, which was a problem for him at the start of the year. That's improved. I think his game's big enough to make a decent run. We'll see, though. Right. Uh, for my dark horse, dark horse in the women's event, I mean, there's that super strong section that I actually kind of hinted at at the beginning of the recording. Mm-hmm. That there's, you know, Kerber and Goff are both very strong seeds, and mm-hmm. then you've got Magdalinette, whom I mentioned was playing extremely well, and then the rematch of the U.S. Open final from four years back. So Madison Keys against Sloane Stevens. I, I yeah. feel like whoever, like Yastremska or Kalinina, could also do well. Sheriff is, is there as a lucky loser. I mean, that, that section is crazy. And I feel like whoever comes out of that, which also, you know, uh, the, the fact that one of just one of these players is going to be in the forefront and they would probably play Osaka. But, you know, it, it also links to the fact that I'm not, also not seeing Osaka as a title favorite. And yeah. then I feel like one of these five players, so Kerber, Keys, Stephens, Lynette, or Goff, Obviously, most likely Kerber or Goff, but probably most likely Kerber. I feel like mm. whoever comes out of this section could be really strong going into the rest of the event. So yeah, yeah that's, you know, I'm sort of picking that section as a dark horse. But if I yeah. had to say one, I would go Kerber probably. And mm. then, uh, yeah, I'll maybe also Soribes Tormo, for example, because we talked about her. She has a very tough first round against Muhova, who's usually overperforming at the slams. But mm-hmm. then the draw is very winnable to get to Barty. And we've yeah. seen that much at the Olympics. I mean, the, the yeah, conditions in that, New obviously. York are probably similar, like mm-hmm. hot, humid. And she's definitely one of the toughest matchups for Barty. So I could see yeah. that, but who knows? And mm-hmm. as for the men's, uh, I, I've got two guys who, are, who have really tough first rounds, but if they progress mm-hmm. through that, I would actually fancy them to go to the forefront, which yeah. is Brandon Nakashima, who's playing against okay. John Isner, and they, they tied their meetings this summer. And I believe, you know, in Los Cabos, Nakashima won, and Atlanta, it was Isner, and I believe the US Open is going to play a lot slower than Atlanta. So, you know, the, the return of Nakashima could well be more important than the serve of Isner. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we shall see. I agree. Uh, but yeah, if he wins, the, this is a very workable draw for him. And the same goes for Lloyd Harris, whom I already mentioned. So if, yeah, he, yeah. if he defeats Kachanov, this is a very workable draw. But uh, yeah, was it was it the... the, the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's, you know, Dark Horse potential for me is mostly in the... Uh, in Tsitsipas's quarter, because I right. truly believe that Djokovic, Medvedev, and Zverev should make it to the semifinals. So, you know, mm. there it's there where I'm looking for dark horses. And I mean, they wouldn't really be dark horses, but I believe if Tsitsipas fails to someone, then guys like Rublev or Ozhar Esim are well capable of making the semis. And obviously, they wouldn't really be dark horses at this point. Maybe Ozhar well. Esim, but Rublev not really, because you know he would just you know sort of live up to their to his ranking but yeah uh, to, or, or at least to his sitting but you know this is the quarter where i think the crazy stuff could happen and i yeah. feel like the the other three have a pretty clear favorite yeah, yeah. It's, i think that's, know, that's tennis, fair. tennis is unpredictable <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know I, I think you've done a pretty good job of attempting a prediction there i think you, i think you're probably right 
I'm not going to say uh, Murray's going to be the guy to beat Sitsipas, obviously, but somebody of that ilk could beat him. But who knows? You know, who knows? I think I'd agree with you, though. If somebody's getting upset, uh, maybe Chuck Zverev in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think Medvedev and Djokovic are a bit clearer favourites, but um, I think the two of them aren't necessarily a given, um, is what I'd say. Right, well, we'll finish up with our picks for the tournament. And I will start with the men's pick. I think I'm going to side with... I think I'm going to stick with Djokovic. Um, it was a toss-up between him and Medvedev for me, obviously, just given what I said there. He's got an outstanding record against the guys in the first few rounds. Okay, it's a pretty tough draw, but Struff, Nishikori, um, Karatsev, Berrettini, all players, I mean, he's lost to Karatsev before, fine, but the rest of them, I don't even, he might have lost to Nishikori twice, and that's it. Um, he's got a very good record against all of them. I, I can't see him getting upset, especially when the stakes are this high, even if it is the US Open, which, in fairness, is probably his worst slam, um, statistically. I know he's got more titles at the, um, at the US Open than he does at the French, but I, I still think uh, statistically, he's lost a lot more matches at the, the US Open. I think he's got a worse win percentage there. Um, nonetheless, I, th- I think semis is the only time he's going to get asked any questions. If he does come up against Zverev in the semis over best of five with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to earn the calendar slam, 100% Djokovic would be my pick. I, I don't see him losing to Zverev when the stakes are that high for him. Uh, I don't think it'll be the same as Tokyo, as I was sort of saying earlier. I think Zverev can't play that sort of tennis for Five sets. I don't think anybody can. <laughs> Maybe uh, Del Potro is about the only other guy I can think of that can max out his game like that for long periods of time. But, uh, you know, I could be proved wrong. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'd still pick him to beat him in the semis. And if it was Medvedev in the final, yeah, honestly, that could get sticky. I don't think it'll be quite the same as Australia. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say he'd win it in a very close five-set match. So I, I think I think... Yeah, Djokovic to win it overall. If he was to win it, the potential route would probably be Olga Ruin, Jan Leonard Struff, Kanish Kori, Aslan Karatsev, Matteo Berrettini, Alexander Zverev, and Daniel Medvedev. Damien, your your men's pick if you want to go. Yeah, for me it's a free free man race pretty much. I mean, as I, as I mm-hmm. said, the, these guys are really strong favorites for me. I think what what was really important in the draw. Is not whether you know which qualifier Djokovic got because I I feel like when he's playing well it doesn't really matter doesn't who he's matter. playing against no, no. in the first four rounds at least because from mm-hmm. the quarters it there could be issues but the big thing is that Zverev landed in Djokovic's half for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is a possibility that he would have to go through Zverev and Medvedev uh, I don't know you know if the pressure is gonna be you know sort of uh, a huge issue for him like it's been 52 years since a man had that pressure on him in the women's it's been obviously just six years since Serena but you know she lost the, to Vinci uh, yeah, yeah. In, in in one of the upsets of the century so mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I have I just have no idea if he's gonna be able to 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 live with that all that pressure and just keep playing his best tennis uh, I, I don't know I just don't feel like picking Djokovic and it's not you know it, it's not a scientific explanation I know but mm-hmm. I I just feel like if he has to get through Zverev Medvedev to win you know to, to to become the best player of all time probably 
because I mean, if he wins this, there's probably not a discuss, not a debate, not a discussion anymore about this. So I I believe if he has to go through them both, then I'm gonna pick Medvedev just you know, okay. simply okay. simply because he doesn't have to face two of his biggest rivals for the title in the uh, on his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, my ladies' pick, I would have to go for Ash Barty, particularly after particularly after Cincinnati. There's some uh, tough opponents for her early doors, but after Cincinnati, after that serving performance, I've no doubt she could get through that quite easily. Uh, she does have, I think, much of a pretty early doors fourth round. That was the person she lost to in Australia, I'm pretty sure. Was it Australia? If I got that wrong? Yep. It was Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and Clara Towson as well on the second round. Um, dangerous Danish player. Um, I think she's 19, so up and coming, but she's she's beaten some good players already and she's got a really big game. Still, yeah, I'd, I'd back Barty. Um, and then again, Svontek in the quarters. I still think she's the favourite there. Pliskova maybe could be dangerous. Um, Wimbledon did get a bit sticky in the end, but obviously, you know, Barty proved herself the best player in the world there too. If it was Savalenka or Kerber in the final, I wouldn't maybe wouldn't be quite as confident. But um barring that, yeah, I I'm, I think Barry I don't think either of them will get to the final. I, I don't know what'll happen necessarily, but I think somebody else will get there. Um so I am I'm gonna stick with Barty. So that her potential route would be Zvonareva, Clara Towson, Veronica Kudermatova, Carolina Mucheva, Iga Svantec, Karolina Pliskova and Arena Sabalenka in terms of seedings. Damien, you're uh, your ladies pick? Yeah, I've been looking at this draw for the la- for the past four days and I still don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I know, I've, I've just went for the number one seeds. Obviously, I don't want to be predictable, but I've justified <laughs> myself at least, you know. I, I wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, uh, I just don't like going for the obvious peaks and mm-hmm. it's probably the right thing to do in this case, I agree. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a slightly less obvious peak, but still, obviously, a very high profile and go with Arena Sabalenka. I just feel like she's mm-hmm. not talked enough. She, I don't know if she's been enough. in the... Conf- I was going to yeah. say, I don't know if she's been in the conversation or uh, has deserved to be in the conversation of slams, really. What, the Wimbledon semis was like, yes. had she made it past the fourth round before No, that? and that's no. why. I mean, she's yeah. she's broken through that mental barrier right now. So right, for yeah. me, and I really like her draw because other other than Daniel Collins in the in the third round, who you should really like, by the way, uh, because yeah. you, you said that Volinets <laughs> oh, right, you know, yeah, with, yeah. with her commons was was great to watch for you. So <laughs> I guess Collins <laughs> is your favorite player. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I like her game. I actually do like watching yeah, her. Me, me too. I mean, but, she's been fantastic yeah. this year. But yeah. this is like the only really tough opponent that Sabalenka has early on for me and right. yeah for me that maybe because she 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 had that barrier and right now she's just free of it maybe she's just gonna go deep and win it I I, I think the draw is pretty kind for her at least until the semis mm-hmm. so no as I as I I think I said it here before that mm-hmm. you know there are like 15 women probably who wouldn't really surprise you winning this yeah. like yeah, you know, yeah. even someone like Azarenka like outside of not being healthy for a long part of this year like she, she's she been really good too 
yeah, uh, yeah it, that's it, true. It, it wouldn't be a shock, like like something that you wouldn't believe. And in in terms of the men's event, it's pretty much Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev, or uh, maybe or S- something completely. Even yeah, Tsitsipas is in the maybe category, and then yeah. anyone else is a complete shocker. So you know, it's it's so mm. much tougher to pick on the on the women's side. But I I can go with Sabalenka. I uh, I don't think it's. You know, she could, I, she could, she could, uh, she could go out first round. I don't care. She could win. They all could. Uh, not the men necessarily, but certainly the women's. Uh, just it's always been quite volatile. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of players, so uh, I, I mean, Sablink is not an obvious pick to be fair, Damien. She's not won a slam yet, so it would she's the second be... seed. You know, she is. I know, but I maybe would personally rate somebody like Pliskova's chances over okay. somebody like Sabalenka. Uh, to be fair, but. I'd like to see Sabalenka go through. Our, our game is very entertaining when it's working. Um, yeah, when so. it's working is uh, yeah, yeah. a very <laughs> fair description of her chances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, with that, we, we can wrap up. Thank you very much for, for joining me. You had loads to say and it was very uh, interesting stuff as well. You've got a super depth of knowledge. So thank, thank you. you very much. And I really enjoyed being here. So, so you know, cool. uh, awesome. two hours, awesome. 18 minutes. As I said, I, I'd like to, uh, I really like helping other, other last word on tennis contributors. <laughs> We're a family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much, David. I'll, I'll do the outro then. Um, and, you know, if you want to rep your, your, your podcast, Damien. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, you you can say what, what's the podcast uh, for my for my sake. I'll keep it in anyway. What's what's the I'm, podcast called? It's a. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's actually called anything at the moment because at, in the very beginning it was called the Challenger mm. Tour Podcast, like a very simple right. name, and yeah. then uh, midway of the year I had to change co-hosts actually, and uh, this website yeah. Crack Rackets. Uh, sort of oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. bought us so to speak like obviously it mm-hmm. wasn't a money transaction but mm-hmm. uh, the the podcast is is released there as part of their they, they have like these different podcast feeds and it's part of their great shot podcast feed on mondays so yeah uh, i don't know if it actually has any name like the titles they give is just atp challenger recap so uh, i have no clue but anyhow right. it's it's also on the tennis channel podcast network which is super cool actually and cool. the reason why the you know why the offer was so exciting to me. Mm-hmm. I'll put it. Um, I'll put it on the the blog just underneath the the, uh, po- the you podcast. You really don't have stuff. to, by the way. I'm, I can. I can. Don't worry, David. Don't, don't worry. It's, uh, I'd I'd like to. Um, and you can also catch Damien's work on Last Word in Tennis as well. He writes of course there. Uh, and likewise, you can catch my blog if you like, jackedward.substack.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Damien, pleasure to have you on. We'll have you on at some point again, I'm sure. Um, For now, thank you very much for being with us. See you next time. Bye. See you. See you. Bye. See you. you, Bye. bye. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Finishing (laughs) podcasts is always... I know, I know. (laughs) Cringy and...